Hey, Mary. Hey, Katie. So I have something that's a little bit right down your alley oh, as my. a pirate fact. So do you know what the word buccaneer derives from? <gasps> um, no, actually, I don't know. It's a French word. Is it boucan, like sound? Uh, no, well, okay, I'm going to really butcher this. It's uh, buccaneer yeah? to cook meat over an open flame. Oh, boucanier, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, interesting, <laughs> yeah, like barbecuing, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. So that is the where the word buccaneer comes from, oh, apparently. Oh, Don't know why. There's no uh, additional information as to why that was tied to piracy. But, you know, Roach was cooking in the fireplace, so, you know. Listen, he is our OG <laughs> buccaneer. How about he that? Is, he is. <laughs> well, thank you for this fact. I love it. You're welcome. Hello and welcome to the Gentleman Pirates Library, a podcast covering every episode of the Mac show, Our Flag Means Death. I'm Katie. And I'm Mary. And today we'll be taking a deep dive into Season 2, Episode 4, Fun and Games, aka the one where we complete the trifecta of mythical creatures, the Kraken, the Mermaid, and the Unicorn. Stop. (laughs) That's so good. Thank you. <laughs> I've had trouble finding some of these like for the last uh, three episodes because they were just so sad and I was they like, not in the mood to make jokes, but this is good. This is this oh is fun. God. Yeah. They are all three mythical creatures. Oh, they really are. They truly are. I, know. I love it. So do you so actually before we start with general impressions, Katie, I feel like we I really want to thank our listeners because like we've had such a beautiful, lovely, loving reaction to our yeah. three first episodes. And it's just been like amazing to hear your feedback, to hear your thoughts. And so thank you for making us like feel loved and and appreciated and valued. Like it's it makes yes. this all worth it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh it it's been fun because you know, when we covered the first season, it was after the fact. So not a lot of people were kind of listening live and, you know, catching up. And like it was really important to us to get the episodes out before the new episodes came. Because, mm-hmm. like, this is giving something to listen to, you know, while you're waiting for the new content. So yeah. it's really fun to do it live. I'm really enjoying that. It's a lot of fun. And it's also, like, I think I think we talked about this or maybe we talked about it with other people. But, like, we're also processing all of this live. Like, so there are a lot of emotions yeah. that came out in the last three episodes. There might be some emotions that come out in this one. Um, so this is all live for us, too, you know. So thank you for your understanding yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I got a little... Got a little Ooh. real last oh, few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I think back and I'm like, oh, wow. That's <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was so raw. That's okay. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I think it's important to kind of like, to show that it's, it's okay to have like big emotional reactions yeah. to stories that we see, especially when we finally feel represented by stories. Yeah. So absolutely. There you go. Well, do you have any general impressions about this episode, episode four? You know, I, I found that episode four was like kind of a good bridge between like episode three and episode five. Not mm-hmm. to say that it's not like an episode on its own, but it kind of like 
it pivots between like huge trauma to like, okay, we're back on track now. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was really a coming back together, you know, yeah. like, and, and clashing, like, this is what we've been through. This is what you've been through. And this is how we have to figure it out together. Talk it through as a crew. As a crew, because it happens within the crew. And it's also, we're seeing mm -hmm. that with Seed and Ed as well. So it's, it's interesting to kind of see these two storylines kind of separated for this episode. Yes. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Are we already right, ready, ready for the beat by beat? Like, <laughs> I think we're ready to dive in. All Let's right. go. I think we're so excited about this. <laughs> Chomping. Yes. yes. We start where we left off. Um, so Steed is at Ed's side. Ed is waking up. I'm here. I thought I'd lost you. Oh. Ed is gurgling. <laughs> uh, and then he headbutts Steed. And Steed says, did you mean to do that? Which parallels when he asked the Spanish captain who stabbed him right before he met Blackbeard, did you mean to do that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't even think of that. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, Steve, like, whenever he gets hurt, he's like, did you mean to hurt me? <laughs> are you sure? You, it's so it's so innocent. It's like, well, no one could ever really want to hurt me. Why would you want to hurt I me? Know. Did you mean to do that? I'm sure it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Yes. So we cut to Steed talking to the crew, uh, but Izzy isn't there, and mm. obviously Ed's not there. And he's holding a steak to his face, <laughs> and Roach later tells him that he needs it back because it's dinner. That's super distracting to me that they're having steak aboard this vessel that was so inoperable that they were eating a bird last episode. But, like, maybe they were able to use the enormous amount of riches that they've plundered to, like, go back to land and get a bunch of provisions. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they're eating good now. They're eating steak, man. I mean, clearly. Clear, I mean, I, I think that that makes sense. Even if we yeah. think we try to think of like the, the mechanics of what must have happened behind the scenes. But I also love just like the fantastical nature of that. You know, like the, the yeah. continuity of the show is there where it matters, which for me is like the emotional beats and the narrative yeah. arcs. But like the details are so chaotic. And I absolutely yeah. <laughs> love that. Like, I love that kind of storytelling. <laughs> it's like Alawande's Crocs. Like, you're just like, that's charming. Exactly. <laughs> Give a steak to your like what did he do go to the galley and get a steak like yes. how are they keeping the steak like yeah yeah is it cold it fresh like so why didn't you just get some ice because obviously like the steak is being whatever exactly i love that it's <laughs> it's so absurd it's absurd yeah and i love it now i do want to highlight though that like the crew immediately assumes that like Ed hits Steve in an act mm. of domestic violence. Like, they don't believe Steed when he says that it was an accident. Yeah, I mean, it's very true, especially the ones who witnessed yep. what Blackbeard did. So mm -hmm. the entire crew is very against Blackbeard, and Steed is making excuses for him. And uh, the crew says it's an obvious mistake to let him get strong again, mm. and they want to vote to kick him off. Which, like, I get it. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so we're back up, we're on the deck and Ed is like tied to the deck and Buttons is talking to Ed and says, oh, you've been to the gravy basket. I've been there too. I need to know. I need to, we'll never know, <laughs> but I need to know. <laughs> I, I know. So many questions. Buttons is such an enigma. Like he always kind of was. Yeah. And then this episode and maybe the previous episode, like. He's just gotten, you know, so ethereal. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's the right way to put it. <laughs> that's so true. That's so yeah. true. 
So Izzy is at the front of the boat and he's drinking and Steed comes up and sees that the unicorn is headless and says, oh, he's seen better days. And Izzy yells drunkenly, at least he's still got both legs. Oh, my love. And Steed humors him by also yelling at the figurehead, like mock angry, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, Steed. This is the first but not the last instance of people like humoring Izzy in this state. Like they're not treating him poorly. They're not being mean to him. They're not even, like, derisive towards him. Mm-hmm. Like, they're actually being kind of kind to him. Yeah. Because he's clearly grieving and they don't want to upset him any further. Yeah. I I mean, fully agree. And mm-hmm. the thing is, in this case, that, like, Steed is doing this because he also needs something from Izzy. He's hoping to, like, convince him to say something. So True. I'm just not sure, like, how genuine it is coming from Steed. Like, because he does have an agenda. Yeah, it's interesting. And mm-hmm. we'll see more, but like I think the last time we saw them interact together where he was very dismissive of him back on Susan's boat. Like yeah. that's the last time we've seen him like from here on it doesn't seem like he's very nasty towards no, him. No, for so. sure. To in, in Steve's defense, like I don't know if he was dismissive on Susan's boat. I think it was more like he just couldn't deal. Like he, there were too right. many emotions for him to deal with Izzy at the moment, right? And we'll, right. we'll get, there's right. some details that are going to come up here about that, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. So Steed tells Izzy that the crew is in a deadlock, so he needs his vote uh, about banishing Ed. And Izzy's vote is rotten legs got to come off, which could be considered a vote <laughs> if you want to <laughs> think about symbolism. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Like, I get what he's saying, and he's completely mm-hmm. right. Um we do learn here that Izzy was the one to keep Ed's body aboard. Um, mm. So I think it's important to remember that like Izzy also saved his life. Like we credit Steed for saving his life. Right. When we think of like yeah. the gravy basket and all that stuff, which is all true. And Izzy was also the one to make sure that he wouldn't drown so that there wouldn't be like, um, uh, you know, Steed wouldn't have been yeah. able to do what he did if Izzy hadn't done that in the first place. So Izzy didn't kill him, but Steed brought him back to life? Yeah, there you go. Like, they both had a hand in it, in bringing him back? I think so. I think so. Like, I mean, I I feel like this episode is a lot about, like, the how intertwined these three men are, like, even episode five also. And so I think... Yeah, definitely. I think this is one of those cases where, like, they took the time to mention it in the dialogue. And so I think that's really important to remember. Frenchie announces that Ed is banished. Mm. And like, so this, he like has to march through the, the entire crew, like the line of crew standing there. And Roach tries to give him a sandwich and he smacks it out of his hand. Like he's really nasty. And you <laughs> sent me something about Alawande, right? Yeah. Because he said something about what did Alawande say? I, I don't think Aluande said anything, but I think oh. so. What happens is that Ed laughs at Aluande and then points at Jim and Archie. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. So he's so. kind of like, he saw them kiss and he's like, haha. Yeah, basically. Y'all aren't together anymore because mm-hmm. he doesn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the sandwich that he like smacks out of uh, Roach's hand ends up hitting Lucius in the face and Nathan <laughs> Fode actually breaks character in the background. And I'm just so glad that they decided to keep that take. Like, it's so it's so funny. <laughs> See, I saw that and I thought it was in character. But I guess if oh. you... 
yeah, like I thought it was in character, like, haha, idiot, you know, but, oh. but no, it makes sense that it could be out of character because you don't really see like people like crack up, right? you know, in shows. So it probably was out of character, but I thought I was like, oh yeah, all right. He's enjoying this. Like he's gleeful. Oh, that's interesting. I could imagine how he felt when Steed comes back. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably not very happy. Oh He's like, God. what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Probably yeah. swearing at them and flipping um, them the bird. <laughs> sure. Yes. Uh, so Steed's very upset and he asks Ed to say something and Ed says, you're no fucking mermaid. Okay. 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 So, okay. <laughs> so I was thinking about your theory that Steed thinks that doggy heaven is pirate speak, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And... It sort of made me wonder if he thinks that this is also pirate speak and he's just yes. not enough in the know to know about it. Like, this is too deep a cut in the pirate urban dictionary or something. I was, I cannot wait for Steed to, like, drop mermaid casually like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, like, oh, he's a real mermaid of a captain, isn't he? <laughs> I can't wait. Because he says doggy heaven again in this episode, too. He does. I know. I love it. it. What I love is that now it's becoming something and no one ever calls him on it. So they might start using it, too. And it might just become like it's maybe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he created like pirate vernacular. (laughs) Yes. Um, Button tells Steed not to worry that Ed's still half dead. I mean, that's I think that makes me worry more, Buttons, but okay. Yeah. And wants him to also go to land to hunt for a vessel, he says. Okay. Again, so I have something really embarrassing to to Mm -hmm. confess here, because when he said he was looking for a vessel, like my supernatural mind took over and I was like, okay, so he's looking for a bird, right? Like a vessel for him to turn into a bird. That's exactly what I thought, too. Like. I am really embarrassed to say, though, that, like, I only realized at the end of the episode that he was looking for a bowl. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. Because when he was like, oh, here's a place to find a vessel. It's an antique shop. I'm like, why do you need it? Okay. (laughs) Like, why would there be birds? (laughs) You're looking for a meat suit. You need a meat suit. Exactly. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I'm glad that I wasn't the only one. Thank you so much. You definitely weren't. Okay. So Ed's on land and he's quoting the band Whitesnake. Can you, I'm so sorry, but like, can you, so, <laughs> so that's what he's saying? Like, it's, it's, it's from a song? Is that what? So, yeah, it's Here I Go Again on My Own, Down the Only Road I've Ever Known is, is a song. Oh my God. Oh, that's too funny. So he says this white steak song and then he sees a bunny. And, but he goes, a wolf? Are you a friend, wolf? And so he was, he didn't even mention before that, like, being a lone wolf. But then as he's talking to the bunny, he's talking like, yeah, we're two lone wolves or whatever. But it's just so funny that he said wolf. And it reminds me of that guy. Did you ever see that viral internet video where there's a picture of a butterfly and the guy goes, look at this horse. (laughs) 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 I was like, Ed, do you not? okay (laughs) it's also like that tiktok where he's like is it pomegranate and she goes like no no darling it's not pomegranate what is give it another go (laughs) oh it's grapefruit i don't know my so it really feels like he doesn't know his animals like yeah yeah i know it's really actually or not land animals yes land yes you're so right but you know what i think that there also might be like if we're taking buttons seriously which i think we should like after having Mm -hmm. seen this episode like 
maybe he really is confused. Maybe there is a level yeah. of confusion that he just can't really make the difference between different things. But I kind yeah. of like your your interpretation better that he's just, <laughs> he doesn't know land animals. Like yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. And he says, Excellent. I feel like I've just found my new best friend. We're like two lone wolves, you and me. And as soon as he says, you'll always be safe with me, okay? The bunny is like gone, is like shot by Mary Reed, like out of the fray. I, yeah. It's like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Which is interesting that it mirrors Steed telling Ed you're safe and now he's banished. Like immediately gets banished as soon as he's deemed safe. Mm -hmm. I'll never leave you again. You're safe. I'm here now. Okay, now get off the ship. Exactly. (laughs) The crew voted. You got to go. Yeah. (laughs) So he recognizes Mary and they hug like old friends. I find this really awesome. Like this was a really good moment for me because like, yes, Ed has done some terrible things. We did not gloss over them. We talked about them. You know, we all, we all acknowledge that, but like the long-term solution to his personal healing. Oh yeah. uh, From all of that isn't solitude or loneliness, right? Like it's community. And Mm -hmm. so it was really nice to see him embraced by somebody who doesn't know all the terrible things that he's done. You know, it's, it's just kind of like gives him a, a reset in this case. Yeah. So now Buttons and Steed are on land and Buttons is explaining the gravy basket to Steed. And he says uh, that Ed can't tell what's real or not. Mm. Um, so that's interesting. And then they come upon an antique shop and they meet Anne Bonnie. <gasps> okay. So I, I know that we said that historical, like, Accuracy didn't really matter to us, and it still doesn't. But sure. I do want to talk just a little bit about the real Anne Bonny, like the historical Anne yeah, Bonny. She was married to none other than Calico Jack. Oh my god! <laughs> I know, I know. Imagine these two together. Like, uh, no, anyway. um, it's I. I would die. I would love it. it would, yeah. Anyway, and so oh, they would oh, they would dominate the shit out of him. He would be a puppy. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> Well, um, so Anne Bonnie and Calico Jack pirated uh, together and with Mary Reed as well. Oh, wow. So both Anne and Mary dressed as men while they were sailing. Mm. And when the three of them got arrested for piracy, Calico Jack was executed almost immediately. But uh-huh. not Mary and Anne, because they were both pregnant. Huh. Interesting. So make of that what you will. <laughs> yeah. But I like to imagine them as some sort of polycule. Yeah, there you go. That's so interesting. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> love it. Uh, so Buttons is looking for a bowl for a spell. He does say vessel, and she's like, yeah, go back and look there, you know. <laughs> and we find out later he's looking for a bowl. Yeah. Esteed notices a table, and he's like, oh, this is a Louis the Fourteenth, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yay. He's like explaining <laughs> what it is. And um, Anne really seems to take a liking to him. And uh, so he's crouched down looking at this thing. And that's when Mary brings Ed in. And he and Anne are also old friends. And they do like this really cute, like little handshake, hip bump. Like, oh, my Mm, God. (laughs) I know. Okay. I loved that. I also love that, like, of the in the couple, Steed is the one that likes antiquing. Like they spend a weekend antiquing. And I just... freaking love, love that <laughs> i love it especially because all his stuff has been ruined and like you could tell like he's like yeah. oh finery i need finery yeah <laughs> i agree he's like lover so, of beauty <laughs> yes yes 
So Steed reveals himself and Ed seems super annoyed. And, <laughs> you know, of course, these two girls look like they absolutely love chaos and drama. Yep. So they invite him for dinner. And Steed wants to, you know, of course, Steed wants to see him more. And Ed clearly wants to win the breakup. So they both agree to go to dinner. I Listen, this is so funny to me because it is so relatable. Like, we've all been there like either on one side or the other and yep. <laughs> it's just it's awful it's miserable no matter what side you're on like it's yep. miserable and you just know that they're gonna have a miserable time yeah you know it's gonna be full attention and yep. passive aggressiveness and mm-hmm. just blah exactly <laughs> exactly i'm so excited yes <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ this will be fun <laughs> yes Fun and games. Yeah. Um, so we cut to the ship and the three crewmates who were relatively untraumatized so mm-hmm. that they were the ones with Steed. So it was Roach, Wee John, and Black Pete are saying that the energy is off on the ship. And it's so funny because they're like, is it him? And they cut to Lucius and he's like smoking and he's Uh-oh. like skittish. And then they cut to Izzy who from this vantage point they shouldn't be able to see because it is a shot of him on the bow but they can probably hear him they can probably hear him he's like (laughs) screaming drunkenly at the figurehead or they're like or is it them and it's blackbeard's old crew so it's frenchie jim archie and fang and they're like frantically scrubbing the deck of what they say there's they can still see the blood Mm -hmm. and it looks like right where they attacked blackbeard so like I don't know if that's like residual guilt or they think they're going to get punished because like in the previous episode, Susan was going to put them to death for mutinying. And so they're still trying to like clear the name and be like, we didn't do this. What are you talking about? They're really paranoid that the other crew is going to try to kill them. So like they're obviously talking about them, Pete and Roach. And we, John, are, like, looking at them, like, what can we do to help them? But Roach is making some, like, really violent gestures. (laughs) (laughs) But he's also got, like, a meat cleaver in his hand, right? And and that, I think, in and of itself would make, I think, anybody baseline a little nervous. And he's, like, shaking the meat cleaver. And I'm just like, can you just put the knife down (laughs) for just a second? It's so funny because they're like, oh, no, they're they're going to try to kill us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this, you know, this moment is when I realized that, like, we weren't just going to gloss over the trauma of the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was actually mm-hmm. really happy about that because it means, like, yeah, actual conversations between yeah. the crew about stuff like that happened. And uh, again, like, I feel like sometimes shows don't do that. Like, they just kind of yeah. like want to move on and move quickly. and like. <laughs> Mm. move the culture forward one might say oh my god yes Um, (laughs) but they don't do that here and i really love that yeah no i really i really enjoyed that too i was like oh we're getting okay we're getting into it this is great this is great and it's much needed so all right so back to the antique shop mary is telling a story of Anne rescuing your her by wearing someone else's face Mm -hmm. and it's you know this like cute horrifying story (laughs) and they ask yes (laughs) yes they ask how steed and ed meet and steve says doggy heaven again and (laughs) they give a very massive aggressive account of their history and the thing is like okay so if you listen to what's going on, Steed tells his version, right? Steed is the one who says that he was gut stabbed and Ed, like, quote unquote, just happened upon that ship and saved his life. Yes. But like, we know that that's not the whole truth. Like, oh, yeah. 
Ed had heard of Steed before, and he sent Izzy to see him so that they could meet, and that's how he came to save his life. Like, it wasn't just a lucky moment for Steed. It was Ed already smitten by him. Yeah. And we know that he was, like, hovering over him on his bedside when he was sick and, yep. like, staring into his face. And, like, you know, Ed and Steed doesn't know that. You know, nope. <laughs> like, he exactly. was out of it. And that Ed was already jealous of Mary in that moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Mary Bonnet, I should say. I know. Yeah. See, that was hard. I, when I was oh, taking notes, yeah. I was like, Mary Reed. <laughs> Mary know? Reed. Mary Bonnet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Mary Reed asks what happened to his beard and says she likes it longer. And he said he had a crazy notion to shave it off and immediately regretted it. Yeah. Yeah. So Aww. that was kind of sad because it was like, of course you regretted it after, but did you actually regret it a little bit? before or you know yeah yeah so now alone because mary runs off to help Anne with dinner um steed says he likes the length of his beard currently and i was really expecting ed to say something dismissive or nasty but he just gives a simple but kind of distant like thank you you know he's looking off to the side he's like thank you mm -hmm. <laughs> i know like really sweet and that's when you kind of know you're like okay there's hope yes there's hope like yeah <laughs> So Steed reveals that Buttons told him that he's half dead and has been in the gravy bowl. He calls it the gravy bowl. They call it the gravy basket. I'm waiting for, I was waiting for Steed to call it a terrine. <laughs> <laughs> the gravy terrine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Ed says he's <sighs> fine and not to listen to someone who is becoming a bird. Yeah. I love it. Which is like a, a, a little piece of, I guess, like practical advice right yeah. like hey, because... don't listen to the crazy person ranting exactly because again like ed is aware that steed is kind of naive and he doesn't have all that much experience with pirates and whatnot and he's like just don't listen to him he's he's yeah he's telling you stories right yeah even though buttons was the one who kind of he was his first mate he kind of like mm -hmm. said oh if you go to the republic of pirates you know you're in for it and blah 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 so mm -hmm. he was always the one who had like the best actual pirate knowledge yeah but not anymore <laughs> well i mean i think i think at this point it, it's understandable that they would think that he's a bit of yeah, a lunatic off. right mm -hmm. like yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah i'm 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 like okay like he wants to transform into a bird okay let's yeah. let's maybe yeah. take <laughs> right. take what he says with a grain of salt kind of thing exactly uh, so Anne and Mary return after they've been fighting in the kitchen and Mary has a knife sticking out of her shoulder <laughs> and they're like, uh, hey, and they, she said, Annie, put it in. Annie can take it out. And Anne, re Anne starts flicking it like yep. <laughs> yep. before she removes it, which is like pain play. Like you <sighs> can tell like they're very happy with this situation. <laughs> Listen, I. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so understand absurd. what was going on, to be entirely honest with you, like yeah. at first, because like, it's kind of, I don't know if you've had, anyway, like, I don't know, but like when you're younger and you find something you're not supposed to, like yeah. something, or you see something that has to do with sex and you don't understand it. And like, mm -hmm. it makes you feel all kinds of weird. Like, this yeah. is how I felt when I was watching this. <laughs> like, I knew that it was something that probably had to do with sex, but I couldn't quite understand what it was. So anyway, like it just made me feel all kinds of weird. And then when I understood, I was like, oh, okay, that's what it, I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, 
I don't know if you noticed, but like, obviously like Mary has this really long scar on her face, Mm -hmm. but Annie also has a really long scar on her neck that we Mm -hmm. see mostly at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And so this is not the first time that they stab each other. Oh no. Like, no, I, I get the feeling that this is just a normal day for them. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, uh, Ed asked Steed to stab him and he had all of those scars in that same location. Like, yes, exactly. This is clearly not completely foreign mm-hmm. to, to Ed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ed and Steed look <laughs> horrified. I wonder who was uh, stabbing him before. Well, yeah, we'll yeah, on. <laughs> who was stabbing you before, Blackbeard? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have thoughts. Yes. Ed and Steed look horrified. Yes. And they, I, I don't know. Like, I felt... And I, I, like, I want to know what you think about that, because I did feel like they were horrified in different ways. Like Steed is kind of like, I felt like Steed was a little bit more me in that moment where he's horrified, but he doesn't quite understand what's going Uh on. But like Ed gets it immediately. Yeah. And he's horrified about the fact that he's present for it. Right. Yeah. He's like, yo, this is intimate. Stop it. Right. But Don't do this in front of us. But then Steed is also the one who says, like, we can leave if you want some privacy. So maybe he does get it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Maybe. He can still be horrified and be like, oh, okay, this is someone you all like. <laughs> Not me. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't really need to be here for this. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're back on the revenge. The crew tries to help Blackbeard's crew by showing them some surprises. <laughs> Which, they're so, it's so ridiculous and anachronistic, and I love it so much. Um, they reveal a pinata, which they call a pinata. <laughs> And then, like, Wee John tries to blindfold one of them, and it doesn't go well. (laughs) Of course not. And then Roach reveals a multi-tiered white icing wedding cake, (laughs) which, again, would not exist. So he has a steak. He has the sugar and uh, baking capabilities, like, well, which I guess he made that orange cake before so he could bake. But, like... The white icing was just so like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, again, this is, it's it's beautifully absurd. Yes, I love it. But like, so the, the cake would be something that would truly be like a special treat on a pirate ship. You wouldn't see that. Yeah. But not for this crew because they just had that experience with that wedding cake. Oh my God. And honestly, like, and on a personal level, like I felt so seen in that moment because Mm -hmm. like I'm, so I'm a survivor of a school shooting. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like every time I date someone new, I have to tell them like one, I don't do surprises and two, I don't do jump scares. So like those two things are just too triggering for me, like literally. So I thought that seeing this was such an interesting way to show life after violent trauma. And I, I felt really seen by it. Yeah. And I, I, and you shared that with me before, so I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying, I'm not glossing over that, no. but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I want to reiterate how much I love that they're not glossing over anyone's trauma. Like, yeah. it's so nice to see that, that they're using this time to show just how broken and damaged these people have become and they need to be healed. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Anne tells Steed that Ed was crazy to let Steed go. So they're, they're alone in the kitchen, Anne and Steed. And then, um, Steed says he's not sure either have let the other go. Mm. And then we go and Ed is smoking weed with Mary Reed and, and talking about Steed. You know, for all of the talk about how cool Ed is and like all of the rhino horn that we saw him snort in the last episodes, like 
I just love that he can't stop coughing when he's smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I love that. It it just yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It's comforting wasn't, to me. <laughs> wasn't he smoking in episode three of season one? Yes, he was like when from we a pipe. See, yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> she must have some potent weed. I you know, good for her. Good, good for, for her. her. I support women's wrongs. I love that yeah. for her. <laughs> right. <laughs> But this is also when Ed says that, like, Steed stabbed me once. I had to make him do it. He's so fragile. And he's saying this with such a smile on his face, you know? And again, like, clearly showing that to him, that moment was a very intimate, lovely moment Mm -hmm. for him, right? And and we know know what David Jenkins has said about about stabbing and swordplay. Yes. And and the symbolism of that on the show, that it it talks about sex. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, here we have another... Uh, another moment of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Mary is laughing at him and says, an artsy outsider was always your thing. Okay, but I have so many thoughts to talk <laughs> about in the next episode. Yes, yes. Kitty, I don't, it's all <laughs> bursting out of me. <laughs> I need to talk about this so bad. <laughs> it's so good. We cut back to Anne and Steed is spilling his entire story to her, including yeah. that he went back to his wife. After he and Ed, you know, got the act of grace he Mm -hmm. went back to his wife and so she says that he's a heartbreaker and said oh you know you left your wife twice she straddles him and she kisses him saying that her mary will be jealous Mm -hmm. but it turns out that her mary has poisoned her drink so she starts like getting really woozy yeah and she thinks this is adorable like this is an act of love to her. She's like, oh, she's like, oh, she cares. She cares <laughs> yeah. about me so much that she poisoned my drink. You know, like she's so mad at me <laughs> so that weird. she poisoned my drink. And you know, this actually made me think of Calico Jack and like how he was playing a game with Ed and Steed. Like mm-hmm. it was different, obviously, but it was like the same kind of psychological warfare. Yeah. And again, it got me thinking. Like, imagine this Anne Bonnie that we know from the show with the Calico Jack that we know from the show and like the amount of chaos that these two could generate (laughs) with Mary Reed, like as a triad, you know, like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, So back on the revenge, the crew are all holding weapons to each other, which is very tense. Uh, Mm. uh, Aluande calms everyone down and Jim goes, so you're saying this is space that is safe and Alu says yeah babe Aww. it's really sweet he goes yeah babe <laughs> it's really sweet and like jim trusts him and is like okay yeah. and everyone kind of settles down yeah you can tell that they're leveraging like their existing relationship their deep connection yeah. right to be able to trust when they would otherwise not be able to and i just i love that about them yeah. i love that they're able yeah. to do that um This is also when Archie says that she wants to talk about the fucked up sleeping arrangements. And like, (laughs) I'm going to have some thoughts about that in the next episode as well. Because let's talk about the sleep arrangements. What are the fucked up sleeping arrangements? Yeah, that's weird. Give us details. We need to know. Yeah. I always, uh, you know, uh, well, I'll save it for the next episode. But I was wondering about sleeping arrangements as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Tensions rise again until Izzy shows up. And drops the figurehead's legs on the ground and says, there, it's done. Maybe next time he'll think twice about not doing his job. And is that why Izzy thinks he lost his leg? Because he wasn't doing his job? I mean, honestly, maybe. Like, I, yeah, because (sighs) I think maybe he's like in a, like, 
a rumination spiral, you know, where he's, he's kind of thinking about like, maybe if he'd intervened sooner or like, if he hadn't like awakened the Kraken or if he'd done this thing or that thing differently, like, I think he's kind of stuck there wondering what he could have done differently. And I think he comes, it comes down to him, like saying like, I should have done something differently. I should have done my job differently. I should have done, I shouldn't have let my feelings for Ed, like, cloud my judgment yeah and i like i mean i can only imagine what it's like to lose a limb um and i can imagine that like that loss of mobility must Mm. um create some pretty difficult rumination spirals so yeah um his i know (laughs) his makeshift prosthetic leg which was a very thin piece of furniture breaks and he falls this is honestly truly heartbreaking, like mm-hmm. it, because the most of the episodes so far had been really like funny and almost lighthearted, right? Like, of course, yeah. they're talking about really deep themes, but they're they're managing to to keep it on the light side of things, yeah. which was a godsend after the three episodes that we've had. But yeah. like, this really changed the tone for me, like to see him like crawl on the floor like fall mm. is just like like I gasped when it happened yeah, like I had a yeah. moment of just like oh like I can't believe they went there you know like it was yeah. um like yeah it was visceral yeah it was um it reminded me of uh Forrest Gump when Lieutenant Dan mm. falls uh out of his wheelchair after he's upset and you know Forrest tries to help him up and he's like no I'll do it myself and yeah. like he won't you know um so this everyone goes to help him he doesn't want their help and he crawls out of the room saying I'm already gone you're born alone you die alone which is like similar to what Ed was saying like right before he yeah. met the wolf bunny yeah it makes me think if they're both saying the same thing after their breakup like is it something yeah. that they talked about together yeah maybe they realize he's a lot more traumatized than they are, which kind of pulls them up short. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. Which there's no trauma competition, but we see in a little bit that it gives them some focus for their own healing. Exactly. So. No. Yeah. It, it, I, I agree with you. I think this is a good reminder. Like, you know, that trauma is not a competition. This is not the Olympics right. of suffering. But right. like, I think they can tell that he is just not doing well and that they are, they have the capacity to put some things aside for yeah. a moment, whereas Izzy just does not in the moment. And so yeah. his, in this moment, his trauma, his suffering takes precedence. And after mm-hmm. that, they can deal with the rest of it, which sort of happens yeah. organically. Yeah. Uh, back to dinner. It's finally served. Uh, Buttons is eating and he s- says he could tell the rabbit was intelligent. <laughs> From the texture. He's this so is gross. so morbid. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. He's so weird. I love that all of these scenes that we got like previews of Buttons was never in in them. <laughs> He's just there. <laughs> I love it. I love it so like, much. Like he finally finds the bowl when Annie is straddling Steed and kissed him. Like and he's just like there. He's just in all these scenes. I love it. Um <laughs> so uh Anne during dinner mentions that Steed ditched Ed for his wife and this is something Ed didn't know. Mm-hmm. And Ed gets very upset, leaves the table, breaks a chair. And okay, so can we talk about that? Because oh, like yeah. I, because I have some thoughts, obviously, but I feel like 
there's a discussion to be had about like why Ed is so mad about this. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Oh, okay, okay. So <laughs> lay lay him on me. <laughs> okay, so I just think it's a really typical response uh, for a lover. I think first and foremost, they really hammer home the romance aspect of it. So there's yes. no confusion of like these guys are just being bros. No. But speaking from experience, I'm married to someone who was married before, and it took me a long time not to be jealous Mm. anytime they had like a civil conversation or anytime she was brought up in a positive manner or like oh well when I was married to her we used to do this thing like when your relationship is so new and tenuous and you look at someone who had a a very solid relationship and in in his own mind you know what I mean who knows how Ed envisions what their marriage was like Mm -hmm. you know But the insecurity of the person who's new and, you know, doesn't know the person as well as the ex does. Yeah. And so it was really relatable to me. And, um, you know, there may also be a layer of insecurity that he returned to his straight marriage when his gay relationship was so new. You know, know, that's kind of what I thought about, to be entirely honest with you. Yeah. And like he, he finally kissed Steed and maybe he's like, well, Steed didn't like it. Oh, you know, and so, yeah, I completely get why he's so upset. I mean, I get it, too, frankly, like I get it. And and because I think what I also want to obviously, because for me, that's what it all comes down to. I want to Mm -hmm. come back to Izzy because like so assuming and I think it's the correct assumption that like Izzy and Ed were a couple. um, I think. I think then thinking about Steed's reaction to Izzy in the first season makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Uh, because the animosity that Ed feels towards Mary Bonnet is pretty much how Steed feels about Izzy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But do you, so my question is, is I always saw that, yes, I believe that Ed and Izzy had a sexual relationship. Um, but I never saw them having a romantic relationship. And I feel like him and Steed have a romantic relationship and maybe hasn't veered into sexual just yet. Mm. And so I feel like there's a, because even when he said, I have love for you in the last episode and he was like, Oh, stop it. Like he didn't want to, he didn't want to go there. He didn't want the romance aspect to come into it. Mm -hmm. I think the thing is like, I think that there are some people who are perfectly capable of detaching the two. And I think that there are people who are not. Yeah. And maybe Ed is able to, and maybe Izzy is not. And maybe Steed right. is also not. You know what right. I mean? Like, I, and that's kind of how I read it. Um, yeah. Where some people, for some people, they're two different, completely different things. Yeah. And for some, yeah. they're not. And I sort of feel like for Izzy, it might not have been only that. Sure, um, sure, sure. Oh, and for Steed, like if 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 Ed was banging somebody, then clearly he must have been in love with them, right? Like, yeah, right, right, right. Because <laughs> like he can't imagine. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, he did have he have two children with Mary, and he didn't love her. I, so. I know. I'm I'm, but I'm kidding. But out yeah, of obligation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. I feel I feel like almost like within a marriage, it's almost a little bit different because like oh yeah, that's like you said, it's an obligation. Or for him, yeah. it was an obligation at the time, and so that's yeah. how he sees Mary like as an obligation, whereas yeah. Ed sees her as like his choice. Yeah, Steve's yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
<sighs> so Ed is on the couch with a blanket over his head, which is so cute. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Steed approaches and asks if he can explain. And they finally have it out. They finally have a conversation, and Ed says that Steed can't ditch him and expect him to melt back into his arms, which is really sweet. And Ed feels like he was just a whim to Steed. He said, I trusted you. I trusted us. And Steed says he felt like he was just a whim to Ed and that he was going to burn his face off. And I kind of quibble with that since he had that plan before he even knew and fell in love with Steed. So it's like... um. You know, that doesn't really count, I guess. Mm. And then Steed went back to Mary after he knew and loved Ed. So even if he may not have realized it, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I was very angry with Steed for going back to Mary. So I still have those issues. <laughs> you really were. I remember that where I was like, well, I mean, I get, I get why he's doing it. I don't think he's doing the right thing, but I get why he's doing it. Yeah. And, and again, I completely agree with what you're saying. Because I don't think that they're the same thing. At the same time, I think that this really speaks to how, like, in relationships sometimes, stuff that you haven't quite gotten over comes back up. Yeah. Even though the mm-hmm. circumstances were different. And, like, it's not a perfect parallel. Like, the fact that Steed brings this up means that it's still on his mind and he's not actually fully over it. And, like, mm-hmm. ideally, they would need to talk it through a little bit more. Yeah. And Steed admits he panicked, so he said he had shaved his beard for him, which he, you know, we talked about it at the time where he was just like, oh my god, I have, uh, you know, even Chauncey says you brought the great black beard to ruin. Yeah. And part of that was him taking the the beard off, which was a symbol of something so mighty and great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was interesting. Well, right, because Steed wasn't panicking because he saw his chin, right? Like, I think we can all agree on that. I think this is just, like, Ed um, reaching for his own insecurities immediately, right? Because he says, I'm sorry if my horrible naked chin disgusted you so much, which is such a, (laughs) oh, my God, it's such a relatable argument. It's the way you fight. Like, it's the way you argue where you're like, well, I didn't really think, well, I'm so, you know, I didn't really like that dinner you made. Well, I'm sorry, this disgusting dinner, you know? (laughs) Yeah, because you're wounded in your pride. And yeah. that's, that's, that's really, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not a yeah. good, quote unquote, good reaction. Like we know that, but sometimes yeah. like we can't always appeal to our better nature and we do, yeah, we do shady stuff and that's, yeah. you know, that's probably, there you go. Anyway. So, oh my God. you know, Ed's insecure that he thinks Steed only likes him for Blackbeard's persona and not him. And so Steed yeah. goes, I love your chin. I love, and he stopped him and said, no, you don't get to say that to me. And here is where, where we saw it from the trailer. We thought he was writing it in a letter, but he was saying it to Like, oh my gosh. He said, I love everything about you. So he kind of got away from saying, I love you by this is, I love everything about you. I love being near you. It's nice. It's good. Breathing the same air. (laughs) And as we're just melting into a puddle, (laughs) then we hear like cackling. (laughs) And we see that Anne and Mary have been eavesdropping. (laughs) And Ed is like softening and like we're melting and we're swooning. And like, it's just this beautiful moment. And you think, oh my God, they're going to kiss. This is going to be great. And then the mean girls show up. (laughs) They're such mean girls. Like, they're the mean lesbians. Yeah, and like, I love them. I, I, same, honestly. And, like, 
just as a okay so we're we talked about a lot in the last uh season about like masculinity and how piracy is like a way to to express your masculinity for the characters at least to express their masculinity differently than what is prescribed mm. right um yep. i would maybe pause it here that what we're seeing is also the ways in which women can uphold toxic uh, masculinity standards yeah. for men. Uh, yeah. They're making fun of Ed and Steed because they're not acting like their expectations of masculine men. Yeah, um, that's true. And so now, I, I will yeah. point out that it would probably be out of character for them to have those conversations too and to be so sweet to each other. So at least they are authentic in that they would find it weird and inappropriate for themselves. Oh, for sure. So at least sure. they're not like, at least they're not having these sappy love declarations for themselves and then making fun of the men for doing it. Oh, no, so no, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I, I don't think that this is like, I, and I'm not saying this as like a, a an indictment of Anne and Mary. Like, I think that of all the things that there is to say yeah. about them, like, this is not like my, my bigger issue. But I just kind yeah. of wanted to mention that because it's, Again, sure. like in a show about masculinity and that has had so few femme presenting people so far. Like I find mm -hmm. it interesting that they're, that they're bringing this up and that they're having this kind of conversation. Yeah. But they're also uh, women who are not acting like stereotypical women should act. So you're seeing well, how I think you're seeing gender how, roles. How deep they are, like how deeply yeah. they're rooted. So yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. And I, I just, I, I, I love this entire representation. This entire yeah. thing is really, really yeah. great. Yeah. I really like it. Mm -hmm. Um, Anne and Mary ask if they've even had sex yet and yeah. Steed and Ed kind of bristle and are saying, that's private. That's none of your information. Mm. Um, and Ed goes, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. You all are playing games with us. And Mary admits that she's miserable and she's getting her jollies wherever she can. And Anne is upset about Mary being so miserable. Like, sure, mm -hmm. we're miserable together, but like, oh no, you're particularly miserable. So yeah. she storms off. She like she just screams at her. Like, not even she's yeah. not screaming at words at her. She just like screams yeah. at her. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know why I found so relatable. I was like, I wish yeah. I could do that to people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I you're really angry. <laughs> 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 I just storm off. I'm like, oh my great. god! <sighs> wow. Yeah. Like. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is also about where Mary breaks the clock that keeps going off, and Ed goes, <laughs> "Well done, Mary. I bet Anne really loved that ugly piece of shit clock." And like, <laughs> he's one to talk because he destroyed almost all of Steve's property. Like after that one know. kiss, you know. <laughs> like, oh my know. god! Talk about a drama queen, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Also, I have to point out when she picks up the hatchet to throw it at the clock, it's the <laughs> newspaper says it's like the Fanny Tickler Times or something. I love that. I love that. You have to wonder. Yes. If, so they they obviously produce that themselves, right? Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, I would assume. Or is so, this yeah. some underground like lesbian lesbian publication? Zine. I love it. Yes. Oh my god. I please uh, listen. I'm down. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Contri I, I will con contribute for sure. Yeah, I would love to be the prop master who gets to create all that stuff. It would be so much oh, fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, for sure. She comes back after setting the place on fire, and she's like, it's done. You know, you are not tied to this place anymore, basically. And Ed and Steed are, you know, very upset and 
Mary goes, oh, are you a united front now? Mm. You fucking 14-year-old boys. Me and Annie are what an adult relationship look like. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh. ooh. Uh, it's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Eventually, your charms will lose impact and become annoyances. I mean, mood felt like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it happens, but, yeah. you know, you have to move past it. And she says, fun and games are the only distractions to the last unknown in your relationship, uh, which will slump over first. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting. And this is when Ed and Steve, Steve leave. Yeah, they just, yeah. So, okay, listen, this really read to me as, like, Anne and Mary projecting their own issues sure. onto Ed and Steve, right? Like. And, and people do that all the time. Like people project their own insecurities on you, like with the warnings that they give you. So like, I remember yeah. when I decided to go back to grad school and like so many people were just like, oh my God, but what are you going to do about the money? Like it, th mm -hmm. that was like their biggest issue. And what are you going to do about James? And like, and they were so worried about it. And I was like, no, I, you know, like I thought about it, I did this and I, I had a plan, yeah. you know, like I took measures, yeah. but like their comments were really more about them and their insecurities than they were about me. Mm -hmm. And I really felt like this is what's going on here. What Anne and Mary are telling Ed and Steed here is a lot more about them than it is about Ed and Steed. And oh, I hope sure. that they can see that. Oh yeah. I've had older couples like give me and my spouse advice and we yeah. just look at each other like, Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, because it reveals so clearly what the couple is struggling with exactly. and not us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my God. Oh, it's just, and that's the thing, like, it's so funny when you listen to people talk and they're projecting their own shit onto you and you're like, that's yeah. not at all even something that I'm thinking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. You know, I've always had this thing where, um, I had a really weird family situation where my, my mother was accused of something mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, you never really accuse somebody of doing something that you aren't really capable of doing yourself in some <sighs> way, because like when what she was accused of was so abhorrent that I was like, I would have never accused anyone of doing that because that's so unthinkable, mm. you know? And it was wow. just like, huh? Okay. Um, and long story short there, she got an inheritance from someone who committed suicide and they accused her of convincing the person after a suicide attempt oh, God. to put her in the will Wow. So that when he was successful, that she got money. And I was like, what? What? Why would you think she would do that? You know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. you're going to be successful soon. So can I have some of your money? Like, what? Mm -hmm. No, she showed up after his attempt and he saw that she was the the only one there and he changed his will accordingly. But it was wild. That really shows like that the person who said that to your mom was like, they were like, oh, yeah. if I had known, I would have done that. Right. You know, like it was. Because yeah. like it's not, it's not, it's a, it's a passive violent act, but it, it's so insidious that oh, you're yeah. like, why would you think anyone would ever do that? That's awful. You know? Oh yeah. God. So it was really, it was really wild. And like, it really messed my mom up for a long time. And I would just tell her like, wow, this kind of shows their character and not yours because you never even thought of that, you mm. know? So it was wild. It was a really interesting, but it, it, it makes me think whenever you're accused of something and it's so beyond the pale and you're like, where would you even get that? It's like, are you capable of doing that? You know, right. does that reflect yeah. upon you? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think this is what's going on fully, fully yeah. agree. Yeah. 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 
Um, so we cut back to a very short scene where we don't really know what's going on, but this is the, oh my God, this is my heart. This is the heart of the episode. Mm. I'm so excited. Um, it's, it's art and craft time on the revenge and you just see them doing something. All of them are doing it together. Lucia says, oh, the gold paint's a nice touch, which, so this reminds me of the pilot episode. In the very beginning, Steed said, they're just dealing with a fair amount of trauma, creative projects, give them a chance to work through it. Oh. <sighs> oh. And so they're clearly trusting each other while they're working on the project. And like, oh, I love them so much. And I think I remember when we talked about that, I talked about the research project that I worked on with like Movember, the Movember mm-hmm. Foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And how, for those who may not have heard it, like, one of the things that we that we did with men uh, who were dealing with chronic pain was that we we basically like had activity time, right? Like mm-hmm. arts and crafts, like a bit of uh, spinning, uh, yoga, like just something to take their minds off of stuff. Somewhere where they would also be able to like chat before and after that wouldn't mm-hmm. all be centered around like their pain, their suffering, and like this is again, like this is. It was really successful and this is so successful also because like it gives like a proxy to focus on, like a common goal. And and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It was and and you don't really know what they're doing yet. Yeah. But they all Mm -hmm. are working together. So it was really interesting. Um, so Izzy is sitting in his room drinking and insulting the mirror. But he's not okay, he's not insulting a mirror though. Like he's he's asking Mm -hmm. himself, like, what even are you? Which was the question mm-hmm. that he asked Ed, like, before he shot his leg off. Like, what am I to you? So he's clearly, his identity is so broken. He couldn't be a successful first mate to Blackbeard. He yeah. couldn't be a successful crew member. He couldn't live, you know. And now he's saying, what even are you? Because now his his leg is gone. Um, and that changes things so much for him mm-hmm. and, you know, it would change anyone and of him course. who values competence above all else, mm-hmm. he, he's really going through it, which, you know, I- I'm so excited to see this arc, you know, you have to ha- kind of hit bottom before you can go up. Yeah. And so this is a very realistic depiction of somebody who's lost a limb. Mm hmm. And it's not going to represent everybody necessarily, but some people definitely right. go through through, oh, for through sure. stuff like that, right? And so, uh, this honestly, like this this moment was just like so heartbreaking for me because it it's because, like you said, his identity is taken away not only through his breakup with Ed, but also through mm-hmm. like his his loss of limb. Um, yeah. Because loss of limb in his case also means that like loss of job, loss of purpose. Yeah. Uh, and therefore for him, loss of identity, because that's who he is. And, well, and uh, he's already broken one pr- prosthesis. So it's like, yeah. you know, am I going to be able to re- regain that? And and he's probably thinking like, oh, how much work am I going to have to go through mm-hmm. to be able to be mobile again when he gets a knock on the door and there's the gift of this wonderfully crafted prosthetic leg. Um there's a note attached we don't see what the note says yet but he sobs he also insults them but he's <laughs> sobbing fucking cocksuckers is what yeah. he says. <laughs> I, I sobbed like i saw that moment and oh my god i didn't cry all episode and now mm. i'm gonna cry but like i cried and <laughs> oh my god. yeah like 
I'm laughing and crying at the same I time know, because I it's know. like this is something that we've talked about before this recording, but like mm-hmm. I feel like now the writers are writing Izzy for Con O'Neill. Like yeah. they know they know what he's able to do and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, now now this is what we can give him. And like they manage to to create such like to move from gr- the gravitas and like the the absolute like heartbreak of him sobbing while reading this letter that we don't even know what the letter says. Yeah. And then fucking cocksucker. And this is also before he's yelling like, you're harassing a cripple. Yeah. But he's trying to regain his persona. He's like, wait a minute, I'm getting too soft. I need to insult something, you know, like, And yeah. he's also drunk as a skunk, right? Like, yes, so true. <laughs> it's like all of these things are just like, and he's in pain and, and like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like all of it together must make it incredibly difficult to like, just self-regulate in any yeah. sort of way oh, that yeah. makes sense. And, oh yeah. And so to see, and I don't know, like to see to see this range of emotion in such a small moment in in yeah. an actor like i don't i don't think i've seen something like this on screen before yeah it's beautiful yeah yeah he's so good he's so good yeah. um and so this is such a valuable gift they've given him the means to go on and we chatted privately about how the typical like peg leg pirate yeah. trope makes it seem like losing a leg is really no big deal but like in this age when mobility equals survival yeah. It could very well be a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about that and and I did look it up and and you're absolutely right. It, it most people who would have lost uh, a limb would have either died or had to retire from uh from piracy and yeah. uh, and retiring from pi- piracy also meant like destitution, right? Because yeah. like you how are you going to make a living? in that time without a limb like you would have needed community support which you would lose the second you would get off the ship so right and and in such a ruthless time you also have to be competent and able to defend what you already have so you know yeah um so ed and steed walk to the shore while buttons is like walking around them chanting (laughs) he's doing his spell clearly he's found his bowl and uh, steed wants ed to try to get the crew to let ed stay another night on the ship because where he was going to stay it was burned down which i don't see why that matters because they didn't care where he was going (laughs) yeah um and ed is very eager to be let back on and steed's like oh okay i'll 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 go ask and he runs off to ask which was so cute like yeah (laughs) i saw people saying like i can't believe ed trusted him after he left again like what if he just got back on the ship and sailed away I honestly thought I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be hard for Ed to see him leave. Like, because mm-hmm. I knew that Steed wasn't going anywhere. Right. But like, I figured that, like, it might be triggering for Ed. Yeah. yeah. He seemed to be OK. Maybe he didn't think he was going to leave Buttons or maybe he realized that S- Steed had just said, I love everything about you. I love to breathe the same air as you. So he's kind of all in, too. Yeah. Buttons asks Ed to hold like some burning sage or something. <laughs> and Ed is just like, man, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like- <laughs> I'm going to need you to not be weird right now. But like, yeah. <laughs> Button says something really important here. And the full, the full line is like, the sea is my love, but there is a cruel limit to the passion I can share with her majesty in this current form. To love the sea as she must be loved requires change. Mm. 
And really, this is about Ed. Like, for yeah. him to love oh, Steed yeah. as he must be loved, quote unquote, it requires Ed to change. Like, Ed yeah. needs to grow, to mature, to 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 be a better person, let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, or at least, like, a more of a person that he would want to be. He needs to seek redemption. He yes. can't just be banished. He needs to atone. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ed is very dismissive about Button's goals because he doesn't think he's going to be able to turn into a bird. He says, like, people don't change Buttons into birds or otherwise. And so you can yeah. see that Ed is like, this is, like, I'm not going to change either, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And neither is Steed. Yeah. Uh, Buttons walks off and then you hear some, you know, clatter and Ed looks at him and he has turned into a bird. So this is a huge realization for <sighs> him. That. Like, oh, all is possible now yes so yeah um change is possible yeah you know if buttons can turn into a bird then i can grow i can (laughs) become a better person i can atone you know and i love that yeah when steed returns revealing he got lost on the way to shore and he hasn't actually asked the crew yet ed is enthusiastic about returning with him like he like jogs off to meet him he's like yeah let's go and, and like they start chatting, oh, buttons turn into a bird, you know, like, yeah. and I just love that. Like, I love the complicity, the friendship, like, it felt like we were like going back to season one in, in a way like that bond, it was actively being repaired and it just, it made yeah. me feel so good. I do want to point out that Ed was banished from the ship and then Steed left like 10 minutes later and spent Ed's entire banishment with him. Yeah. And then... <laughs> like like, what um it cracks me up because i wonder how the crew felt to learn that like steed was just spending ed's entire banishment like at a dinner party with him (laughs) and then he brings them back on the boat and like he had given them some agency he's like yeah i'm your captain but this is a vote i'm letting the crew vote and now he's like actually (laughs) i've been spending his entire banishment with him and he needs to sleep here one more night and they're like yeah fucking right yeah he's here forever (laughs) i guess so much for our vote (laughs) yeah which was so but it's interesting so they were deadlocked though if you think about it because not they didn't all vote to kick him off which was funny because when he was walking, everyone was like, it sucks for to be you. See ya. Hate you. But some of them voted to keep him. And I wonder if that was for like Steed's benefit. They're like, oh, you're going to be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, I Honestly, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of that part. Yeah. But, but I, I love what you said about the crew finding out about the dinner party. <laughs> It's like, what, you had a hot cooked meal, like, on land with yeah. this man who was banished. With and not you really, like, Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you spent 10 minutes without him. Like, get out of here. I love that. I absolutely love that. That's really funny. <laughs> so back on the revenge, Izzy is wearing the leg, which is which was made out of the figurehead's leg. Mm. So this is, we. you were correct in mm. that. Uh, <laughs> Even though the legs were not positioned in the correct way for it to be straight now, but whatever. But they, but they, they like finangled them, right? Like they, they were, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll yeah, give yeah. you that. I'm not happy about it, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so it is a gold unicorn leg mm. and he is standing there. He isn't like all sloppy anymore. He is majestic. He's like standing at the bow of the ship 
And he reveals that the note says, for the new unicorn. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. I, <laughs> I, I, I just, I I'm sobbed. beside myself. Yeah, yeah, beside like, myself. Yeah. And like the fact that they have deemed him the new unicorn, like... They needed to lift him up. They needed to give him authority and purpose and, and like, yeah, I just, because none of them, none of them liked him until they saw him and just how traumatized he was by Blackbeard and how he was the biggest punching bag. And so, yeah, I don't know. He looks, he looks happy. He looks content and in control again. Like, I know. Like, I, again, I, I sobbed in that moment. Like, it's just, I, I don't think I was expecting Izzy to feel this much better this quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not upset about it at all. I, it just like, it took me by surprise and it, it really goes to show how much like, again, love of a community and support of a community yeah. is important in those cases. But like, of course for him, there's loss of limb, but like, just when you're feeling broken, you need people around you who love you. Yeah. Um, and being alone as much as like, sometimes we feel like we need to isolate. There yeah. is, we need, we need that community love and support. And I, I yeah. And, and honestly, just talking about this makes me very, very emotional. Yeah. Um, because I know that I have a tendency to isolate and to mm-hmm. yell at myself in the mirror, much like Izzy. Yeah. Um, and, and to see like how much they loved him, enough to do this for him was really really lovely and Mm -hmm. i also took a second to look up figureheads and their meanings um Mm -hmm. and i found an article from the royal royal museums in greenwich and i just want to read this passage for you if you'll allow me of course um and their credentials is that they have the biggest collection of figureheads for uh commercial ships uh in the world how many of those were stolen i don't know but you know this is this is (laughs) a royal museum so sure sure Um, Figureheads are the carved wooden sculptures that decorate the prows of sailing ships. In the perilous life of an ocean-going ship, figureheads embodied the spirit of the vessel, offering the crew protection from harsh seas and safeguarding their homeward journeys. Why am I crying? (laughs) Um, As such, they were often lovingly cared for by the crew. The super. So I can't even see the anymore. My oh, eyes are filled with tears. <laughs> I can do this. The okay. superstitions of seamen meant that the figurehead held great significance to those on board, and they would go to great lengths to protect it. Wow. To the crew, the figureheads were seen as lucky charms, representing not only the eyes of the ship guiding them safely home, but also the spirit of the vessel as well. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, you know what's Ugh. funny is that um, when he was briefly captain of the Revenge, he he renamed it Izzy's Revenge, <laughs> and now he's the figurehead. He's is you know it's Izzy's Revenge. It is. It's it. It really is. I just think it's so cool that they've like. It, so it wasn't just the symbology. Like we even joked because in the trailer we we're like maybe it's made out of the unicorn, which means it makes him a unicorn yes. and all that symbolizes. But like they put it. In writing, yes, for the new unicorn, for the new unicorn, N- naming him the unicorn, and it's like, uh, 
they the care that they're showing him it's so it's so sweet Mm -hmm. i just can't i can't get over it i i I honestly like i was so moved to see this episode (laughs) um uh i (laughs) this is so embarrassing but yeah like it it really it made me realize that like even when you see yourself as broken like it's okay to accept love like Mm -hmm. you know oftentimes we're told like you can't love somebody else if you don't love yourself and that is such fucking bullshit Um, Yes. Or like nobody will love you until you love yourself. Like again, fucking bullshit. Like not true. Yeah. Reject those toxic things. Like and Mm -hmm. and know that love can flow in and out of you for others and from others, even when you don't quite love yourself. Um, Because it took me a really long time to realize this. And for the weirdest reason, it took me like a very frustrated pirate man to show this to me. Oh, I love it. It's it's so good. I have no more words to talk about it because it's just so beautiful. Yeah. Um. So that's where the episode ends, except we get the little um after credit scene, which always seems to be like a deleted scene. It's buttons at dinner after <laughs> I guess after Steed and Ed have stormed off because it's just Mary and Anne, and he's um talking to them about random stuff and then he says that it's like a non-stop knocking shop on the <laughs> ship <laughs> so he's like everybody's fucking yeah basically exactly I it like, so much. it's yeah and i love that it's again said out loud like because yeah. we yeah. know this right like yeah. look at ao3 we know this like right and and it's so nice to see the show creators like embrace that and they're yeah, like oh yeah. yeah we'll give you extra like uh, stuff so that you can write your little fanfics like we love Honestly, your fanfics write them god this is on hbo and not cw like it, it's not sanitized you know oh, i just yeah. oh it's so nice it's so nice to be an adult and not feel like you have to live in a little ya world to like sanitize it for everyone yeah, yeah you're like no we're adults adults have sex adults are violent adults mm-hmm. are cruel mm-hmm. like i really like that yeah exactly we can live in adult stories yeah and and i think like that's one of the things that i particularly love because we're seeing and this is in no way me like knocking on on those stories but we're seeing a lot of like queer stories right now coming out about young people like teenagers and very young adults and like Mm -hmm. i i have trouble with those stories one because i don't quite feel represented by them which is totally fine not everything has to be for me sure Um, absolutely and and i'm so happy that youth today have these stories to relate to oh yeah um but to have this story that talks about adults doing adult things for better and worse yeah (laughs) like it's um it's really great i love it that's nice yeah Mm. I do too. Do you have any closing thoughts about this episode? No, I'm just really glad that we got what we got. We're going to get even more of it, more healing. Like these two episodes kind of pair together yeah. as far as the coming together. And it's just, I'm so glad that they're sp- giving us the space to let them really feel their trauma and heal. Yeah. And for us also, right? Because like we're living it yeah. with them and we, yeah. I mean, clearly just look at Twitter, look at, look at our episodes. Like we have been tr- thoroughly moved by yes. by these three episodes and we also need time to be able to readjust to a more quote unquote normal um, setting. 
Well, and you know, you know, what if they had an adversary they had to fight? You know, like, Mm -hmm. we're not ready for that yet. They need to be a crew. Exactly. So, yeah. Thank you for visiting the Gentleman Pirates Library. Please do wash your hands before reading. Who knows what kind of dirt you find out on the deck. Please also subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us, sorry, nope. You can find us on Twitter at Gentleman Pirates. That's the word gentleman, P-I-R and the number eight. And we'll be back with our coverage of book 15. (laughs) 